Hello, everyone. I am Stephen Drew from the Architecture Social, and I am joined here by Emma from First in Architecture. Emma, hello. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. Inviting you to the virtual studio, everything <laughs> online in this crazy world right now. Have you got a lockdown where you are right now, Emma? Um, no, virtually everyone around us is um, on some form of lockdown, but we've managed to um, steer clear of it for the time being. So we're making the most of it, making the most of our freedom for the time being. Fantastic. And do you know what's really interesting? So I, uh, so first in architecture, for anyone that hasn't heard of first in architecture, hasn't been to the website or anything like that, can you give a little bit of an insight into what, what it's all about? Yeah, sure. Um, so First in Architecture was originally set up uh, for architecture students. So um, it was just a little blog I had on the side uh, that I would add little articles about things that I thought students would find helpful, like tips and how to do assignments, like uh, site analysis, things like that. Um, and over time, it's kind of grown. And um, now it provides a huge amount of resources for both students um, and professionals. Um, so you've got like loads of down loads lots of guides to various aspects of like your studies but also kind of professional guides as well um and then from there it's grown to have um a few different construction detailing books uh, so i've got about mm. five books now um and i've also got a uh, photoshop course as well so it's all sorts of like different things that go on there um i post every week a new blog post um i try and bring out a new book every year um and i always have a few other little things bubbling away in the pipeline as well so, uh, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Probably didn't do it justice, but there you go. <laughs> totally did it justice. I love I loved the website. I founded it a few years ago. It's probably important to mention you do come from an architectural background yourself. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, so you worked in architectural practice for quite many years. And so First in Architecture is all inspired by your thoughts. And currently you've just released your book on Passive House, for example. So well done on that. Thank you. And Thank you. It, yeah, so really handy resources for people that are looking. Now, I actually found First in Architecture. Uh, how I stumbled across it was because I used to run a recruitment agency called Shape Careers. And at the time, we needed, I felt like we needed more content, as in needed maybe some guides, we maybe needed some information that a part one or part two would find helpful. So you had a book at the time, right? And I yeah. bought it. And <laughs> Because I was like, well, I need some inspiration precedence, yeah? And on page two or three, it was like, you can look, use recruitment agencies such as Shape Careers. And I was like, that's, I was like, I felt, I felt honored. I was like, we're in the book. We're in yeah. the book. Yeah. So the irony is we were looking at the book for inspiration from there. So, hey, these things go round and round. But that's when I, that's when I first found it. And it's interesting, like you say, it's changed over the years with where you wanted to go and what you've learned and what you thought was relevant. Because since then, you've you've parked the the that aspect of what you did before and how to get a job in architecture, and now you focused on passive house. Has there been any reading uh, reason behind that? Or um, yeah, I think there has. I think. Um 
when I started writing about giving advice in sort of CVs and portfolios and getting jobs and stuff like that, I was very much in that world. Um, and I was, you know, whether I'd been looking for jobs, I did a lot of freelance work. So I was mm. kind of constantly kind of trying to drum up business, just working for other architectural practices and stuff like that. So I was in that world and very aware of what was going on at that time. Um, and then as the website started to grow, I was sort of doing less work for architects and just basically focusing on the website more and more full time. Mm. Um, and I started to look into kind of providing more advice, you know, with regards to construction and construction detailing, because that was something I really struggled with at uni. Um, okay. And I just felt like, you know, I'd, I'd be bashing my head against a wall trying to figure out details and stuff like that. And there was never, in my opinion, I could never find the information I was looking for. So I think, I was looking at ways to help other people get over that big gap that I found I had when I was studying. And also, as I was working, we were actually finding that, you know, you, you work on all these projects, you're doing details all the time, and, and, and you're kind of like reinventing the wheel quite a lot. And I was just like, you know, maybe for work, we need like a bit of a, a manual or something we can refer to regularly that just has a set of details. And you can, you know, not drag and drop, but you take the detail and then work it up according to the project you're working on and stuff. So that kind of, that's how I started going down the route of stepping away from something I felt I was losing perhaps the expertise in and going more towards the detailing side of things because that was something that, well, it really interests me for a start, but I felt like I could offer a lot more help in that area um, mm. rather than, than in the, um, in the job, job search kind of area. Makes sense. Makes complete sense. And you can tell as well from the books that you've done that your heart and soul's in it. I mean, it, it, I think it's great. I kind of joked a bit that um, <laughs> I'm probably not the person to use it right now because uh, I, I don't work. I, I, I've moved away from architecture, but it is fantastic. So Thank what's interesting? Yeah, no problem. And so because I mean, this is going to be all online as audio. And we joked about earlier, um, is it going to be video? Is it going to be audio? And I, I love your home office. I love your ukuleles in the back. No one, no one gets to see. Do you know, I, I, I play the ukulele a little bit as well. but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good, but maybe we can have a little... Yeah, oh, I think you'd be a modest. Session, hey? We should do. I, I don't know if that would do as well as your books, though, if you give me on the ukulele. But you work at home, right, in the home office. So, yeah. what's quite great, because there's a lot of things that are happening right now. And saying that people are listening in the future, where are you? We're really in the thick of coronavirus. And yeah, even myself, I get a little bit fatigued talking about coronavirus. Mm. What's interesting, though, is you have, for many years, because of the first architecture and because you've moved moved away from working uh, full-time in offices. Then you were freelancing and and doing, you know, proper professional contract jobs. Now you work full-time on first in architecture. So you've been used to working at home for a while, right? So have you got any tips for everyone or advice? Yeah, I, I have to say I love working from home. Um, mm. I think that was kind of a goal of mine really was to be working at home. Um, that's why I went away from working in offices, went freelance so that I could work at home and then, right. you know, then doing my own thing with first and architecture. And um, I think maybe that's because I'm slightly antisocial and um, like my own company and the dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think to to be productive and be successful working from home, I think you do have to be quite disciplined. It's not for mm. everybody. And I really understand how a lot of people have been struggling with it recently because, you know, a lot of people miss that social interaction. Um, personally, I, I don't really, um, but it's, 
it, it's about kind of having a structure to your day, being able to step away. You know, I'm really fortunate I have a study so I can actually shut the door and walk away at the end of the day. Um, and it's like switching off those emails, which I'm still guilty of. You know, if something comes through just late at night, I still want to deal with it because I don't like to leave anyone waiting. So I'm, I'm terrible for just wanting to reply to emails straight away. Um, but, yeah, I, I think having a structure and having um, some sort of format that you work to is really important and minimizing your distractions and, and being able to kind of shut yourself away. But at the same time, if you're stuck at home all the time, you have to find that social outlet and, and have people that you can communicate with and share ideas because that's the one thing I found being in, in this scenario is over time, you kind of become a little bit distanced from from the sort of community and, and having something, you know, like the architecture social, it, it, it allowing you to engage with other people, keeping an eye on what's going on and sharing ideas and things like that. So I think that's really important as well. Very interesting. Uh, I, what, was it, what I echo on that is that my constant battle as well, because right now, so I work in my current job, which is I lead an architecture team in terms of recruitment. Obviously, it's a bit of a difficult time right now. And the architecture social was born out of being put on furlough and kind of for my own sanity, having something to do. And, and yeah, you're right. This is amazing to have all the social aspects. And for instance, the reason we're talking is born out of conversations now. And, and so that's fantastic. I am guilty, though, of what you were talking about, where I find that I go over and above the time there. And mm. I have to be really careful because, you know, it's like you have family, you have friends. And I, I'm, I, I've got to be really conscious not to be that person stuck on my phone. But yeah. sometimes because when you're building something, you're you're all in, you're excited. Yeah. And I think I have that thing from architecture school where, you know, when you end up sometimes working the crazy hours and people are like, where are you? And you're like, I just got to do one more page. I just got to do one more page. Yeah, yeah. So I need to work on that balance. And that's been an interesting one for me. I think it's difficult. I think, so for example, the ones that I can't stop myself from responding to is things where if someone's bought a book um, and they're maybe having a problem downloading it or there's an issue of some sort, I can't bear the thought of someone that's arrived at my website has thought, oh, this book looks good. I'm going to spend yeah. some, some of my well-earned money to buy this book and then there's a problem or they don't receive the link or something and they're like oh my god I've just been scammed or something you know so I don't <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm instantly like I have to respond and make sure that they're happy because at the end of the day the, the website's there for to help people and and I, I want to make sure that I'm doing that and I want to make sure I do it in a professional way and um, so I think that's the that's the thing that I find really difficult to ignore is when people have problems and they're emailing me with a problem but having said that I read a book recently um, called Deep Work and it's about, okay. you know, being productive and, and, and getting the most out of your time and stuff. And one thing they talk about is is your distractions and things. And what I've started to do now, if I'm working on something that like needs a solid chunk of time, I do just completely shut down my emails and shut everything down. And because, you know, that little red thing pops up on the screen every five seconds, you're like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And you're just checking your emails the whole time. So just shutting it down. And another thing I've considered doing, but I haven't been brave enough to do it yet, is actually removing my work emails from my phone so that I only 
only look at them when I'm at my computer. I don't know if I'll get to that. I've, I've done it, and there's big gains and there's cons to it uh, because you end up missing that one calendar. So Chris Hartis, for instance, is a really great guy. He did a, did a podcast similar to this, and I was like half an hour late to it because <laughs> to my own show, to my own <laughs> awful I felt. Like, oh, oh, that's why I'm extra conscious now and before we say, I'm like, I might be a little bit late, or half an hour late. And it's because I'd done that. And when I, I've been watching the on Netflix, The Social Dilemma, which kind of talks about this, definitely worth you looking into Emma as well, um, because it's it talks, it goes behind the scenes on Instagram, it goes behind the scenes on Facebook and talks about these online tools. And what's interesting right now is that because of the architecture social, and you have uh, first an architecture, there's a point where these social channels are, are helpful because people can then become aware of your book mm. and they find your book and that solves the problem. So passive house right now, someone's dealing with that and they're banging their head against the wall. Great. Mm. And, and the social media is health because it's, it's bridged that gap. What is interesting about the social media though, it does have almost a little bit of a mind of its own. And I've, cause I've had to set up a Facebook set up and I was never on Facebook. So I've had to make a Facebook yeah. account yeah. for all this. And yeah, on my phone, it's just ding, 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 ding. And it knows what it's doing. Mm. So, so many people like this. And then when you basically start petering off, then all these algorithms, they kind of kick in and go like, Steve's not really been on the site much anymore. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And so the, I think like these are helpful, but then you have to find the balance. Cause if you think like you're working full time, what you're talking about now, working on all these um, and doing a book uh, mm. and what have you, it's really distracting all these things pinging off. Absolutely. And I think there's also like, there's a real pressure to be on every social, social media channel. So like I was never on Instagram. It's, it's just something I never really kind of got into. Mm. Um, I've got a Facebook page for first and architecture and I kind of was and Pinterest and I was fairly happy with that. And then I, you know, saw everything kicking off on Instagram. I thought, Oh God, you know, first and architecture mm. needs to be on there. Um, so I set up an account and I just, oh, I found myself just spending hours creating content for Instagram, but it wasn't really going anywhere. I didn't really feel like I was helping anyone. I was just doing it because everyone else was. Yeah. Um, so I was desperately scrambling to kind of like get followers and, and I got my first 1000 followers and I was well chuffed with that. And then the, the novelty kind of wore off. So I stopped using it. And then suddenly all these followers started like joining me on Instagram and, and, and I'm not even touching it anymore just because, you know, I'm trying to be careful not to spend my time doing things that aren't really helpful to anybody. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to find the balance, but also find kind of find where your people are, like where are people engaging with you and your content and, and, and making sure you're present for them there and not spent wasting your time, like in areas where no one's really interested in what you're doing anyway. So it, it's, I don't know. It's a bit of a kind of trial and error kind of scenario for me. Yeah. And that's what I respect about uh, our conversations. Cause uh, remember, so when the architectural social was going, there's kind of that groups area. And I thought it'd be a really good ad- idea at the time to have these groups there where maybe there's a first in architecture group and mm. uh, Sana has her scale group mm. and Sa- Sana's energy. I always joke, <laughs> if you could bottle it, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> Uh, if Sana, if you're listening, so she, see she's everywhere. Sana, you, you rock. I need to take some notes from you. Point is, though, what I liked is when we were chatting, I said, oh, we could set up a group. And you're like, well, to be honest, Steve, I just worry 
I can't put time onto it. I can't mm. invest into it. And and what I learned about that idea of the groups is that it's just another group. It was mm. just like another thing. And and yeah, you're right. Where is the value? It's kind of just a group of a group of group or a copy of a copy of a copy. And that's why I th- I think you you is you what you highlight with the Instagram account for first in architecture, finding that meaning is difficult. Mm. And we talked about it a little bit before, but why I like the Architecture Social's Instagram account now is because I showcase people's yeah. works on it. Yeah. Now, I've had in the past, uh, when I've had a recruitment agency, an Instagram for that, and you just think, what are you posting on there? And it's just like a picture of a building, and you're, <laughs> and you're like, please, please follow me, please follow me. And it's just, it's, it's like what you said, it's just there's no point there. So maybe the... Me- uh, the point is you you did the passive house book because you saw a problem you enjoyed it and you know yeah of course it's not always easy writing this stuff but when you were done when you finished it you were you were proud right and and that's the kind of thing you want to share so well i guess what i've noticed right now especially when people are all on their phones is that the search for meaningful content right now is difficult there's so much out there there's so much available everything's available yeah no that's totally true but i think also another thing to mention about social media not that we're having a social media bashing session but i know um, sorry i didn't didn't know we'd go down this route sorry Um, but when when i go on instagram i also find that it makes you feel completely inadequate because you see all this amazing stuff that people are putting on there like the content not only from you know people that do stuff like you know other people that own websites like first and architecture and stuff and you just you just think oh my god how are they doing all this stuff this stuff's amazing and and you know i think the same goes for maybe students or people that have recently graduated you look around and you see what everyone's doing on 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 these platforms and you think oh my work's not as good as that or you know how am i even going to level up to that and it it creates a lot of anxiety. So even as a business owner, you know, you, you look at what other businesses are doing and you think oh, I should be doing more. And then, you know, and again, you can kind of get lost down that rabbit hole of, of trying to keep up with everybody. And I think you've just always got to be working on your own story, working, you know, on what works best for you and kind of just forging your own path, not following everybody else. And, and this is, you can easily get caught up with that in things like Facebook and, and particularly Instagram, I think. Yeah. That's a really good, point and when you were talking about the what i was thinking about as well which is true when so when i started doing the online webinars and now i'm experimenting with the podcast there's this element of me messing around on the graphics and, and getting stuff out and i kind of the other day i was looking back at them and i'm like i don't like the graphics of them. I, I don't like you know when you look at some other thumbnails and i'm just thinking oh man i need to do some real work on this or should i change them should i go back and then i just caught myself I'm like, no, it's done. Mm. I'll just make the next one better. Yeah, That's the formula. Actually, yeah. It's like the, I, recently I changed the logo. And also when, you, when you're developing this stuff, what I think is, I sometimes I don't get it right all the time, but that's exactly like in architecture. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's problems. I mean, there must be how many iterations of first in architecture have there been? It's probably evolved so much times, mm-hmm. right? This well, and, and also it's not you know I'm not. There's a load of stuff on first in architecture that I would change, but it's just like is that important or is it more <laughs> important for me to just be providing good content for people and useful stuff? And I think you know I think there's a problem with people in our industry anyway being perfectionists and knowing when to stop. Mm. And we're all very bad at knowing when to stop and trying to make it just that little bit better and that little bit better. Mm. And and I think, yeah, you just got to, 
I guess weigh up in the balance of things what's what's important and what's not um, and just move on and make it better next time like you say yeah I, I agree I think um <laughs> We are. I, there was always the, the story I was, I was referred to when I was in when I was in studio, and it was second year architecture, and I didn't have quote unquote the best project. I mean, I got a two one, and there was someone in my studio, and he was my friend called Ruben, and I really looked up to Ruben, and I felt like his project was killer. It was better than mine, because you know sometimes you have someone, and it's like that thing. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but but what was interesting is that. He spent so long on, on certain pages getting it perfect that when he submitted his work, he didn't finish the project mm. and he had a worse grade than me. All right. Yeah. But yeah. this is the point of, uh, and this is what I say with people currently looking in the job search and the content that I produce. It's more about what you can do today. If you, if you're currently looking for a job, you get your CV and portfolio, you might tweak, you tweak it based on feedback. You get it to the best you can and then you act on it. If you're there sitting around with that CV and that portfolio, yeah. trying to, playing with the font is it 13 is it 14 there's a point where you've got yeah. to be like it's, it's, it's like the old enough. press yeah. yeah get it out send it to print yeah get it out to the press and that's what i've learned and that's what i try to do myself and it's very interesting practicing this stuff but as a human being myself you slip into certain ways and i have to constantly remind myself of even my own advice you know yeah. and that that's yeah. good enough that we can move on and so that's currently that yeah that's where i've been at with the social and as well while we're on there we, we really go for the social media right now is that the architecture social is a social platform so there's a balance of doing it a way that's not per, pervasive but then there's a balance that even i've noticed that people enjoy shout outs every or an announcement or a notification once or twice a day. And if I don't do that, then people um, don't interact. But then mm. if I do it too much, it's annoying. And then you get to see yeah. the analytics behind the scenes. So, yeah. and I imagine it's the same with your website and looking at rates of how many people have opened it, how many people have downloaded it. You can completely go down Pandora's box of this stats. When, yeah, you can, you can. When, but, but you kind of got to bring yourself back to earth because like you said, what is life about? Yes, work's important, but it's uh, mental well-being. If you're in front of a phone, it's not going to work out. And I love the fact that you've got a dog because I've got a dog as well. And a dog brings me so much joy. And I, I remember once or twice I would be walking my dog and I'd be on my phone. And then I just think, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's like so. And my dog's real. Loves playing the ball, and then I'm, I'm there holding the phone to my face. So you've you've really got to snap out of it a bit, and you and get a balance. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I think walking the dog is a really nice way for me to get away from work. And I, well, I say get away from work. I actually have some really good work ideas when I'm walking the dog because it just yeah. it does remove you from things and you look at things in a different perspective. But my dog's quite um, interactive. He likes you to be very involved in the walks. So there's a lot of stick throwing and ball throwing and stuff like that so it is good it kind of takes you away from from the desk and makes you actually move for a little while yeah i've got a boston terrier and oh, okay. let me tell you yeah dexter his name is and he does not rest i, I always joke that 
if you wanted a you know a calm dog, my dog Dex is not for you. He will play the ball until he drops. Mm. You know, yeah. sleep, then play the ball. <laughs> but dogs bring so much joy, and I think that's the point of. There's nothing wrong with all these social media platforms. It's just about control, and it's about getting something out of it where you enjoy it but you don't want to be that person who's been on the phone for four hours every day yeah. And, yeah. and also in terms of architectural practice and everything if you're the person on your phone and you've got your speakers in all day and you're not interacting you're probably not learning yeah you know so yeah. so there's definitely a balance i think it, there's good aspects to these social platforms at the moment in the lockdown where it's great to have zoom meetings if they with friends or like on on monday we did a book club on the social which was cool five or six people non-recorded just talking about the books having a giggle yeah i thought that was real and that was cool but you can get lost down the rabbit hole Mm, for posting on instagram yeah so moving aside from that what do you plan to do next on first in architecture have you got any um, hot juicy reveals that we can announce to you I do have a few things I'm working on at the moment. Um, I've got another book I'm working on, which is another detailed book, um, which is all about loft conversions. So it's a slightly niche um, book. Let's let's announce it. Oh, oh no, my battery's gone on my announcer. World first. Books on, what was it, loft conversions. That's That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I kind of... I want a bit of loft conversion, actually. I've got a leaky roof right now, and I had to poke myself up to get up there, and I was just thinking this would this would be a really good conversion. Okay, that's okay. a book that I yeah. can use. Yeah, for Amazing. sure. I'll send you a copy. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's me trying to provide um, more of a service to the professionals um, and kind of offer more professional mm. books. So I'm doing more of a mini-series of detail books, which are, like, you know, much smaller than the main ones I've done. Um, so hopefully I can kind of produce them a lot quicker. So this is the first one in that, this new kind of details, mini detail series. So that's going to be loft conversions. Um, and I've also got another website that I'm working on at the moment that I'm going to be Ooh. launching. Um, I haven't got a launch date yet because it's taking quite a long time. Um, so I'm just playing it by ear, but it's, um, it's a detail library. So it's going to be a platform where you can get hold of loads of different details. Um, and it will just continually grow. Um, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that for the time being, but, um, yeah, it's in the pipeline, definitely this year, all being well. Amazing. I love that because I remember when I was in practice, sometimes not knowing how to draw a detail, you'd have one or two books around the studio, but it can be really difficult to find that information. So, yeah, and it takes oh, such a long time. So, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be like a one shop, one stop shop to like, you know, getting the information you need and getting it quickly. Um, and, you know, it will grow as I get feedback and stuff like that. But I'm wanting to basically enable people to save themselves a lot of time by using you know the services that are come with first in architecture amazing and what i find inspiring is so you went from being in industry then then you but you still provide a valuable service to people in industry based upon your experience so uh, what's good is You've kind of seen problems. You've identified problems from in practice. And now that's your business solving pe- solving problems. So wow. the, what's quite inspiring is it's that thing of 
when you're in architecture, you, you don't have to be, quote unquote, an architect or, you know, an architectural technologist doing one typical role forever. Mm-hmm. You can you can do other stuff. And I've, I've met so many good people who work in architecture. Then they've set up businesses like yourself which support architects or they go into journalism or they set up a different kind of business. And you can you can do different things. So would you have any advice to anyone out there on maybe if they feel like they want to go into journalism but they're too scared or yeah, to take the plunge yeah for sure i think um i think when you're at uni you you kind of see this route for yourself don't you and you just like yeah, okay well i'll get my degree then i'll go and work and then i'll you know go back and study and i'll end up working in a practice somewhere then maybe i'll you know make partner or i'll set up a place on my own and and that's you know what a lot of people want to do which is fantastic um but I think for the people that aren't quite sure, you can easily get sort of pushed down that route as well. And it's not mm. necessarily what you want. Um, I knew that, you know, I went to uni um, quite late. Um, I studied first time round and dropped out after my first year. It was a bad decision. I I'd studied tourism um, and it just wasn't what I wanted to do. So I left and I went and worked for a few years or quite, yeah, quite a few years. And then I went back to uni to, to study architecture and, um, I, all this time that I'd done all these different jobs in between, I think I, I was always quite unsettled. Um, so when I when I finished my architecture studies, um, I went into practice, and again I I did feel a little bit unsettled, and I was like, mm, I don't, you know, this doesn't feel quite right. Um, but you know, this is what I've studied for, so I'll just get on with it, kind of thing. Um, and then. I, you know, I realized I, d- I don't really like working in offices. I don't like the normal structure of working in an office. I worked in some great places, by the way, and, you know, some really great people, but it just wasn't the day to day that I wanted. So mm. I think, it, you know, being able to admit to yourself that you want something different to everybody else is part of the battle. And then mm. it's about just going out there and doing it for yourself and not being worried about failing because, you know, I, I was very tentative in setting up first in architecture and I secretly hoped it might be able to earn me a living and then maybe I could earn a living full time. Um, I didn't share that secret kind of dream with many people because I, you mm. know, because it seemed a bit crazy when I set it up. Um, but it did happen. You know, it's been a lot of hard work, but it did happen. And I think, you know, you've got to try things. If you don't try it, you're never going to know. And I think that, like you say, there are so many different things you can do with an architecture degree. Um, and it can, you know, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And I think it's number one, it's about doing the research and finding out what's available to you, but it's also about not putting yourself in a box and thinking, okay, well, cause I've done architecture, I've got to do this. It's, mm. you know, I can do pretty much anything I want. I've just got to work hard at it. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just having a little bit of, um, kind of bravery to, to do something a little bit different and put yourself out there. It's definitely scary. I remember when I was doing it, it's, it's exactly the same thing because at the time, so uh, I was a part two and there was a little bit of pressure to do part three. And, and what, what it was is that there's a few people in EPR where I was working and they were, you know, signing up to part three and they're like, Oh, great, Steve, when are you doing it? And I was like, in my head, there's the same thing you want about where I was like, yeah, I might do it this wave or next wave. You don't worry about me. You go ahead. And what it was is I wasn't confronting the problem that I enjoyed architecture, but it wasn't for me. And, and I didn't see myself as an architect. And like now I'm involved in architecture, but at the time I, I just, I didn't feel like it, I was that guy. I was not the guy who was going to read your awesome book and passive house because <laughs> um because i didn't 
see a frill in the search or the problem. And so what I do now in terms of recruitment or even the social, there's a frill there because I like solving the problem and I'm invested. I do it naturally. Mm. But in architecture practice, I kind of felt like I wasn't the guy for it. And it was scary doing that. And I remember actually my dad was a really supporter of it because I told a few people I'm thinking of moving into recruitment. And at first everyone was like, Are you crazy? <laughs> a, you've studied so long and spent so much time. And I was working in a top hundred practice. So, that, and it, and it, but it didn't feel right. Mm. And it, what was interesting, it was my dad who was the biggest supporter because he was like, yeah, just, I, I completely get it. You do, you do what you want. And I was like, wow, why are you not saying everything? Like, my mum's a great supporter, but she was a bit like, really? Do you want to go back to it? I think you're you're being a bit confused about this. Oh, you should just bear with it more. But my dad was like, no. And the reason why is because he was an engineer and he used to work in a factory as a toolmaker and he hated the job right. and he hated it and he knew what it was like to work somewhere when you hate the job <laughs> i wouldn't quite say i hated it but what i'm on about is when i was in architecture practice the day was long mm, i was yeah. looking at the clock yeah and, exactly. and and that was the same thing he said when he was making tools he was there struggling and what's interesting about recruitment of hey I enjoy it. It's definitely not for any everyone. And what's interesting is not everyone can do it. And there's, let me say, there's not like I give up architecture and this is a breeze. It's difficult in different ways, but I enjoy it. And I imagine this is something that you have as well with first in architecture. Like actually what you're talking about, setting up a website and writing a book is really not straightforward. It's difficult, yeah. but you're, you're, you're drawn to it or compelled totally. to do it. I love it. I'm really lucky. Every Sunday evening, I look forward to Monday morning. I'm very lucky. I love, I love working on it, but yeah, it definitely comes with its challenges the amount of things i've had to teach myself how to do like you know setting up the web so many things um Mm. but also all the decisions i make on the business are kind of are all down to me and i can't you know ask a business partner's advice or a colleague's advice it's all my decisions so you feel very responsible um that you know i've just got to figure everything out for myself and like negotiating contracts with like say advertisers Mm. and things like that you know where do you find this information how do you know what you're Mm. supposed to say all this kind of stuff so there's it's been very hard but i think i I've almost not even noticed it's hard because I enjoy it so much. And I think for me, I I really enjoy learning. So because I'm always having to learn something new, it's just keeping me on my toes the whole time. So I love that, you know, and I think even with writing the books and everything, there's always more to learn. So it's just keeping me you know, really excited all the time because I'm learning so much. So I guess, like you say, it's it's finding the thing that makes you tick and makes you enjoy going to work every day, which isn't something everyone can do. And, and you know, we are very fortunate that we feel like that. Um, but yeah, it's that it certainly comes with its challenges, but I do enjoy those challenges. I love it. Yeah, I think that was very, very, very well said. Uh, starting a business like your own, it's funny how, as you say, you, SEO, for example, and you learn all this stuff and, for instance, tax and how you set up a company. This is stuff you'd never normally do. But yeah. what I do, like, I, I agree, where I agree with you is once you learn all this information as well, um, you do take control of your own situation. Mm. And 
the, what the where am I getting that with this is you feel a bit more in control or I don't want to say the word powerful but when you've done all this stuff it's less than scary and you're less dependent on things situations changing running your own business you're in control of that but you can actually make a lifestyle out of it you're mm-hmm. it's it's very different than being an employee because as an employee right now such such as with coronavirus I mean you can be a very good employee and, to, and because the business is struggling you you lose your job you mm. lose that and mm. so with, with the business that you've got there's been advantages or like for instance right now um you're doing well it's kept you busy so there's definitely a lifestyle out of it but that comes from all the stuff you've learned before and all of totally yeah and i but then having said that you know the negatives are if things go wrong it's all on me <laughs> it's um, on you yeah, yeah. and that so, email on sunday someone who can't open their book you're like yeah. uh-oh well you know and even like legal side of things and copyrights you know there's so many like worrying things that you kind of get into that you're just trying to figure out as you go along um so yeah there there is an element of feeling a huge amount of responsibility and and you know how am i going to pay my mortgage next month and stuff like that Mm. um Mm. but you know it's all uh keeps you on your toes keeps you on your toes and you do develop and what I learned is you develop a thick skin you know yeah. I used to joke that when you run a recruitment business if someone uh, nothing shakes you anymore a big tax bill or you know you get you get a legal threat for whatever reason you're just like oh here we go again no problem and that and so that is really rewarding from it but mm. like you say you learn from making mistakes yeah. and if you run your own business from my experience and see if you agree Emma you will make a lot of mistakes oh, it just yeah, happens sure. yeah yeah you gotta take that on the chair so okay um do you have because i mean this is i've enjoyed this time's going quickly but it's unfair i'm asking you all the questions do you have anything to ask me anything you'd like put me on the spot um it's like when i'm interviewed questions isn't it they go have you got any questions for us and you're like i didn't mean to do that pieces of paper and you're like i'm sure i've written a useful question down here somewhere (laughs) (laughs) um i well what do i want to ask you is um, the architecture social working out to be what you were hoping for when you started it in Fernley? Oh, okay. That was a, good, a that was that was a good one, isn't it? You will that one out of nowhere. You're like, here you go with your big like rocket launcher. <laughs> good question. Do you know what? I kind of uh, I'm guilty of doing this as well. Like when I set up a recruitment business, sometimes um I jump in two feet first. I didn't think about it too much, which is a blessing and a burden because there, there is no business plan for the social. There is no, and I talk about it where you see it in 10, when people talk about jobs, I'm like, visualize where you see yourself in 10 years, visualize where you see yourself in five years and one year. And so with myself, I kind of see where I'm at right now. I'm lucky to be head of architecture in terms of my job. I'm, I'm lucky to have gone through a, a trajectory with the social though. My, my, advice i don't it doesn't it doesn't apply so i haven't got a plan right now and and how does it look it's kind of in one way it's really accelerated where it's exciting is to me i view it more like a stage as in i've oh there's there's a project called cedric price's fun palace which is a bit of art is really interesting an architectural project i studied in my thesis and what cedric price was about is that he spent a lot of energy building the stage and in the fun palace the point was anyone in it 
can make anything they want. So there's limitless possibilities. But the the interesting thing is with that is because it was limitless possibilities, it didn't get dealt. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's this constant balance I have of, uh, so this week, the book club, for instance, I thought was lovely because it's five or six people who are really passionate about it, and it's real, okay? It's not the biggest traction. It's not the, the thing that people attend the most, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I like about the social is the beautiful things that um, I didn't expect to happen or get created along the way. So the book club or f- actually thinking like, oh, what should I put on Instagram? And it was like, why don't we showcase everyone's awesome work? Yeah. That would be really cool. So there, it, that those are the things that I found great about the architectural social. And where I see it going, I, I the truth is I don't know right now. <laughs> I kind of like enjoying seeing where it goes. There, I think there, that's, that's nice because, um, like you're saying, you know, these things do grow organically. You can have a plan, but things don't necessarily go according to plan. And, you know, you get feedback from people and you see what people respond to. And then suddenly, you know, it's become something completely different to what you expected, but it's way better maybe than you've expected as well. Yeah. And I think my plan is to uh, let uh, or encourage, I think that's a better word for it, not let, because anyone can do what they want in the social now. I'm more like encouraging people. So the, the book club was not my idea. It was like, can we have a book club? And I was like, heck yeah, we're going to do a book club. You know, I'll set it up now. And then, and then pe- people came along and, and that was the great thing. And so my role right now is to encourage people to to share and you mentioned it as well which i thought was really point on point earlier of it is really difficult to showcase your work and you sometimes you can feel like oh my gosh this this person's posted something so good i don't want to post my project but my i think my role is to kind of encourage the growth but but encourage people to add what they want and build what they want and and to share so that's my goal my constant challenge is to um, encourage people to talk uh, or openly or not feel yeah. judged yeah. and that, I think that we're getting there but that's what I have to do where it will have gone wrong is when there's too many rules so mm. my, my only core rule is be respectful no trolling no abusive thing because I will kick you out because I ain't got time for that I'm going to have anyone uh, trolling on, on the social you go right out there's uh, I'll be like one of them bouncers in Berlin I'll grab you by the scruff and take you out but other than that you can do whatever you want and I think uh, I agree to me to me it's a little bit of an experiment and and it would be interesting to see where it goes mm-hmm. I think uh, the other thing I was going to say is I, I had the same buzz that you had like the first thousand people are joined I'm like this is amazing yeah and uh, building up to that that was a goal I'm not gonna lie because it's like can I get a thousand people and then you get there and now I think we're close to two thousand oh, and thank you yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome but it's the, the my challenge would be to keep it um to allow anyone who wants to contribute to join and but we has to keep that quality it has to keep that organic feel that family thing that experimentation mm-hmm. if we lose that then uh, we're losing the magicness yeah but that's not to say that people can't join so i'm quite happy that it's um 
people are enjoying it, they're spreading the word, but I don't want it to turn into a Facebook. You know, no, I don't want to yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be that evil mark guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. And I'm not interested in drip drabbing like awful architecture uh, adverts everywhere or anything like that. I think it's gotta be um the core is it's gotta be useful to people. Yeah. And that's why First in Architecture was one of my inspirations and that's why I'm so pleased you're here because oh, yeah, I you. felt like it yeah it was helpful it is still helpful to many people and so we should be really proud of what you've done and uh you're you are one of my precedent if this was an architectural report you're up there you're like the, probably one of the you'd be you know and it's like i'm not copying the first in architecture <laughs> but you i found you inspirational so thank you Thank, Thank you, you so much, Emma. If anyone has not seen the website, can you tell everyone we know the the web address where you can be found? Yeah. Um, so the best thing to do is just come to firstinarchitecture.co.uk. On the front page, um, if you scroll down a little bit, there's the option to sign up for my newsletter. Um, so if you do that, I just send out, um, after a few like introductory emails, I just send out a monthly newsletter to keep you updated with the latest from the blog and any news and stuff. So I'd recommend you sign up to that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Emma. Have a lovely day and send say hello to your dog. Pat him on the head. Likewise. (laughs) See you soon, Emma. Take care.